Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the December 27th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Today, I'm joined by Tom Guinan, who will be giving us a recap of the markets. Tom? Sure, Cheyenne. Today, March corn ended at 390, which is up one and a half for the day, and for the week has gained two and one quarter. New crop December 2020 corn finished at 403 and a half, which is up three quarters of a cent today, and for the week gained one and three quarters. Today, we moved our cash soybean bids to follow the March futures. They ended the day at 9.41.5, which was down 5, but for the week gained 3.25. November 2020 soybeans ended at 9.69.75, down 2.5, but for the week actually gained 3.5. Well, Tom, I think the big story this week is the slow, steady climb of corn, soybean, and wheat prices over the last few weeks. Because it hasn't been in big jumps, but just a nice increase over time, it might be easy to overlook. We went back and looked at cash prices at one of our facilities for a comparison. On December 2nd, we were paying 348. At the end of the month, that cash price is now 370, which is a pretty decent increase. We're not quite back to the October 1st price of 375, but we're getting close. For soybeans at the same location, we were paying 797 on December 2nd, but now we're finishing this week at 873. So that's up more than 75 cents in the past four weeks. Even though we don't trade wheat in this part of the country, it's good to look at what it's been doing lately as well. Chicago March wheat futures hit a low on November 18th at 510 and three quarters and have climbed more than 45 cents since then. The same story with soy oil. Most of us probably don't look at that very often, but March futures were at about 30 and a half cents in early December and have climbed almost four and a half cents. That might not sound like much, but that is more than a 14% increase in price. If cash corn prices had risen by 14% since the same point in time, we'd be paying over $4. For beans, a 14% increase would mean a little more than a dollar change. Like I said, we're up about 75 cents, and that's a 9.5% increase. Corn is only up about 5.5% since the beginning of December. The point here is that it's easy to get lulled to sleep with slowly increasing cash prices. We like to encourage offers to take advantage of a price spike, but they work just as well during times when you get a little distracted. Holidays, family activities, tax preparation, all of that. It may be a good time to take a few chips off the table and get ready for some of those bills you know are coming after Jan 1. Well, Cheyenne, for the uh, corn bull factors, here's the things I'm looking at. Again, I'm going to keep ethanol production in this column. It did come back up quite a bit last week to 318 million gallons, which makes it 13 of the past 14 weeks that production has increased. That number is also above the 310 million gallons we'll need to average in order to hit USDA's forecast for corn-based ethanol. Not only that, but ethanol stocks decreased from 916 million to 902 million gallons. March corn futures finally closed above the 100-day moving average, and they did that by two cents. It's been failing to cross that line for the past several trading sessions, so with that happening today, it could now start to be a support level instead of a resistance level. And what about this January 10th WASD report? I'm not sure that this will be as bullish as many would like. I think maybe we've already priced in some of these expected changes, so... 
perhaps that won't be the, the big event that we're, we've been expecting for the last month or so. And finally, the country of Turkey has banned the export of onions. Okay, stay with me here. This might be a stretch. But if they have a poor onion crop due to ongoing dryness, I'm wondering if that will also impact wheat production in that part of the world like it has in Australia and elsewhere. On the bare side for corn, Weather in Argentina is getting better, and more rain is expected this weekend. The export reports were delayed until today due to the Christmas holiday. Corn sales of 24.6 million bushels were toward the bottom end of the range and the second lowest in the past month and a half. Inspections were also low at just over 13 million bushels and definitely lower than the pace we'll need to hit the USDA's current export estimates. I'm keeping 2020 corn acres in the bear column. We won't see the USDA's prospective plantings data until March 31st, but we should all expect more corn acres next spring. Well, on the soybean side for bull factors, I think the number one thing that's really been driving us higher is the Malaysian palm oil. It hit a three-year high this week. Expectations are for a 10 to 15% decrease in production this year, and this is what's really fueling that soy oil rally that we keep talking about. There continues to be a little more information coming from China with regard to pork production. It appears that the government will be using some funds to help small and medium-sized producers increase their capacity quicker than would be the case without this assistance. Brazilian weather is expected to stay dry in some of those key growing regions. To this point, no one is adjusting their production estimates just yet, but if this continues, there should be a downward revision at some point, especially in Brazil and especially in northern Brazil. Even though soybeans have dropped a little today, as you mentioned earlier, cash prices are up quite a bit this month. Of that 76 cent increase month to date, 20 of that is basis. So good demand, and that should help support bean prices. Well, Tom, you mentioned that soybeans dropped a little today, and that didn't happen until after that export sales report came out. Soybean export sales for the last week were a three-week low at 27.1 million bushels, and that came in on the lower end of the expectations. We would expect sales to continue to dwindle as we get closer to South American harvest. Not a lot going on there, but it was enough to, you know, switch us from green to red to finish off the week here. On our what to watch for in upcoming events, the New Year's holiday is next Wednesday. There will be normal hours on Tuesday, and then markets are closed all day Wednesday, reopening at 8.30 Thursday morning. Landis Cooperative offices will also have normal hours on Tuesday and reopen Thursday morning. We're starting to roll out our averaging contract for 2020. We encourage you to learn about it and enroll a percentage of your expected production into this program before the deadline. January 10th is the next USDA WASDE report. And finally, our Women in Ag event, Ventures, is going to be on February 15th in Ankeny. Stay tuned for more details about this annual event. So Cheyenne, why does this all matter? I keep watching that December corn futures, and this week they stayed above $4. As we mentioned last week, it's not often that the nearby futures month trades above $4 during the past four to five years. I realize that December of 2020 is a long ways from now, but I would not expect us to be above $4 on December futures when we start using that month for our cash bids. Yes, it may still have some upside, but I just want to caution you about waiting too long to start selling a little bit of that new crop corn. And the same with November soybean futures. They're close to 970 today. If or maybe when they start getting closer to that 990 or $10 level, I would expect some selling pressure. So get your orders and your offers in early and try to get some decent cash sales on the books for next year. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned cash sales on that, but we're talking about the futures side here. And now is a good time to be looking at doing futures onlys for your new crop 2020. A lot of people sure. like to talk about those in the summer. At that point, it's really too late to take advantage of locking in that higher futures price and waiting on those basis gains. So, you know, talk to your GM about those as well because now is the time to be looking at utilizing those. 
But I think that's all we have going on today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.